0: It is Monday, May 18th. Welcome in. This is the Jacob Cox Show. And as always, I'm your host, Jacob Cox. We've got another great show for you today. It is it is a great way to start your week. Great, great, great. The best way to start your week. I've got a special guest on, Austin Adamick. Um, He's coming on to talk hockey with me. He's just on for the hockey talk. He, you know, I do go into the NBA and UFC a little bit. He ain't on for that, but he is on to talk some hockey with me. Um, and in the audio on that, the audio on that kind of interview is it's not the best. Okay. Um, and that's my fault. Um, so I'll try to get the next audio better. Uh, but I did throw that interview in here to start the show. It's about 20 minutes long. So if you don't want to If you don't care for the hockey talk, that's fine. You can just kind of figure out and jump your way to the NBA talk. Uh, But Austin is on to talk some hockey with me. We talk about the 24-team NHL playoff format. Who wins the 2019-20 Stanley Cup in that format? And then how should the 2020 NHL draft look? And then we say goodbye to him as I jump into the rest of the show. I'm going to talk. The 2020 NBA Draft, the number one pick, the draft order, the Detroit Pistons. Talk about all that stuff. And then I kind of round out today's show with the UFC. They had three cards in less than two weeks. Talk about those cards. Talk about the fights from Saturday night Overeem versus Harris. Um, and then you know, there's a little excerpt there at the end of the show. Um, I'm gonna talk about the charity golf game that happened on Saturday. Um, it was good. Team McElroy versus Team Fowler, Dustin Johnson, and uh Walt in there. It, it was it was it was a you know, it was a good day. It was a good day. Um, I'll just lightly brush into that topic. Um but yeah, I mean, overall, we got a great show for you. I'm ready. I'm ready to dive in. I'm ready to talk hockey. I'm ready to talk NBA. I'm ready to talk UFC because I'm getting into UFC. I'm getting into golf, getting into NASCAR. I'm a live sports geek, right? I mean, every sport I'm in, except soccer. Not a big soccer guy. No one wants to watch some people kick a ball around for 90 minutes and score one goal. Nah, I'll pass on that. I'll watch cars go around the racetrack. Vroom! yeah i watched watch that i had some action to me because you got about a caution every you know every couple laps yeah, yeah he, he he wrecked he's done ain't no fixing that car um which also happened on sunday also happened yesterday um a nice race so let's get it going let's dive right in this is the jacob cox show What's up, Boston? Ian here. How's it going, Jake? Alrighty, I'm good. I'm glad to to bring you on the podcast, and and we get to do this, so this is fun. Um, We're going to talk some hockey today. Sounds good. Alrighty, so um, the NHL, they're getting closer to coming back. They're talking about how they're going to come back, and it sounds like they're just going to jump right into the playoffs. Um, You know, the bottom seven teams. would miss out on the rest of the regular season. You know, they're just not going to play. They're going to have a 24-team playoff is what it sounds like. Um, So let's talk a a little bit about how that would work. How would you
1: do it if you were having a 24-team playoff? Um, Well, with taking in what's going on right now and how everything's kind of working its way through, you know, there were still some teams on the bubble that still could have made a playoff spot. I mean – you do agree. I, I, everyone agrees, I believe. But um, yes, I, th- I just think if you took six teams from each division and did it that way, because some teams would still on the bubble, so that could how that's that could kind of help them out that way too. I, I don't really know. It's kind of a weird, weird situation, but yeah, I would just go with the six teams from uh, each division and play it out that way. I mean, how would you? How would you do it? Um, when I look at it, I go,
0: so I just took 12, the best 12 teams um, from each conference. Okay. So if, you, if you're looking at the standings, Montreal would be the last team to make it out of the East, and then the Blackhawks, last team to make it out of the West. And and then I would go, you know, obviously 1v12, 2v11, right. and then I would reseed after each round. You know, so if the ten seed upsets the three, well, then they got to go play the one in the in the second round. Right. I yeah. I wouldn't I straight out play it. Um, you know, reseed after each round, and then and then you get to the cup. Um, it's an interesting way of doing things, um, but I think I think with twenty four teams, it gets the majority of those teams that were on the bubble. It gets them all in. Right. Um, and it and it leaves the team. I mean Buffalo. Buffalo was really close with Montreal there, but Chicago is kind of the last team in the West, and then everyone else falls off. There's three West teams that don't make it. Those are the three California teams. None of those teams were going to be able to make it in. Right. So uh, Chicago looks good. Maybe Buffalo does deserve that chance over Montreal there, but with the way it works out, I mean, it's all about getting hockey back and getting the NHL back into things.
1: So right. you know, it is what it is. <clears throat> I mean it's a, it's a weird looking situation. I, I mean there's no right way to do it. there's no wrong way to do it. so right. yeah.
0: Um, so when you look at the bracket here, you know, maybe looking at how things would shape out, you've got the original teams like the Washington, the Boston, the, the, the Blues, the Penguins. Those teams, and then you know Colorado, Flyers, Edmonton, Carolina. Who would win the Cup in this 2014 playoff?
1: Well, my opinion, I would uh go with. I really liked the Avalanche this year. I thought they had a really good team, and I also really liked uh, St. Louis again. They uh had a lot of returning uh, players and they just i don't know i think they were they they were in second when the league paused right behind boston i think yep. so yeah I, those were the two that i liked um, one from the east i really liked um boston too and washington mhm i mean it's it's i i don't have a it's, it kind of just varies they're all high end and solid teams so
0: Right, and I agree with you. They're all high-end teams. You know, when you no matter if it was a regular playoff or a 2014 playoff, you're looking at, you know, around the top eight teams in the league that are going to really be in that Stanley Cup final conversation. Um, right. When I look at this, with the break that we had in the league, so with all this downtime, and then it sounds like maybe two weeks of like a training camp type of thing, and then they're playing – when I look at who could actually get this done, I'm thinking young, fresh body type of teams, young teams where these where they have younger players that are going to be able to come out of the gate faster than the than the players in their 30s. You know, players in their 30s they might it might take them a few weeks to really get their feet under them and start playing their hockey, whereas a 22 year old, 25 year old kid. You know, he's going to be able to get going faster. Um, so I like the fresh, young-body type of teams like Colorado. I like Edmonton. Both those teams out of the West, a lot of young talent. Um, and, and then if you flip it to the East, I like the Flyers and the Hurricanes, some young teams uh, that have played pretty good hockey this year that could be able to get it done. Um, and, and I do like the original teams like the Capitals, the Bruins, St. Louis, maybe even Vegas, um that have had, that have some veterans um so if they can sneak by the first round they'd be able to win later um but you know i wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of these veteran teams get upset in the first round by some young talented teams
1: yeah and i agree because you know as a 2014 playoff would look it's extended to what they usually play so you gotta you gotta take in injuries and all that. So I mean, it's it, it'd be a long grind, and I'm sure it'd be fun to watch. But behind behind the scenes, it's it, it it could get ugly. And like you said, for those veteran teams, old teams, it could get really ugly for them. Right. So, yeah, I like what you said. That was a good point. That was a really good point. So. <clears throat> yeah, it, you know,
0: they definitely add some teams to the playoff mix, and uh, you know, it's gonna prolong uh, the playoffs. They're going to have to play more games to win the Stanley Cup. But an interesting question that maybe not a lot of people are talking about is five or seven games with the extended playoff. Do these series go to five or, you know, do they stay seven games? That's kind of the big question. I wouldn't mind going to five, but they cannot go to three.
1: Yeah, uh, three is too low. I I would not like to see three. Um, I, I mean, with the extended playoffs, I mean five would that would that wouldn't look too bad. I mean, maybe for like the first two rounds is five, and then, then seven again. Yeah, something like that. Or maybe yeah. like the the
0: conference championship and the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's yeah, yeah it's weird. It look really weird, but I mean, without having game sevens and NHL playoffs, that would game five would be game seven, but. I think you know right. what I mean, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I think because in seven games, usually you're going to get the better team to win. Right. You know, the, the lesser team can win a couple of games, but usually the better team's going to win. If they go to three, well, the lesser team could find a way to win three games. Right. You know, to win two of them, you know. So when you go to five, you, you know, I think you're still you're – you're getting close to that. Maybe the better team won't always win. Uh, but five is still close enough to get the better team across. There's more games, more opportunities. Um, you know, I think at some point within the within the bracket, you have to get seven games in. Whether that would just be the Stanley Cup or the Stanley Cup in the Conference Championships. Um, you know, whether they start with five in the first couple of rounds, I wouldn't mind five. Um, I do like seven, but I understand you also they're also on a clock depending on when they want to start the 2020-2021 season. Right. They they just can't run this all the way into December.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: So, it depends when they start up and, and how quickly they need to get it done. I wouldn't mind seeing five games, though.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, it would, it would definitely keep the uh, playoff time period, I think, on track as to going seven games. But, yeah, I, I mean it's just a weird looking situation I don't never seen it before so yeah it'd be new to a lot of people and I'm sure it'd be exciting to see how it uh pans out too I mean I'm, I'm we're all missing a playoff uh sports right now so
0: <laughs> yeah yeah we are and um you know it, you know no matter what it would definitely be interesting to to just see hockey and see how this would pan out. Um, see these, these players come back after a break like that. Um, yeah, it would definitely be interesting. I think one of the other things that is interesting is how the draft would look. How is it going to work? Um, cause usually they have the draft lottery. Right. So, you know, us Red Wing fans, we want the number one pick. Um, But with this, with the 2014 playoff format, it would leave seven teams out, okay? That would be Buffalo, New Jersey, Anaheim, L.A. Kings, San Jose, Ottawa, and Detroit. Those are the seven teams that would be left out. I would like them to go simply in order from last up for draft order, with Detroit at one and Buffalo at seven.
1: I agree. I agree.
0: Ottawa 2, San Jose 3, Kings 4, Ducks 5, Devils 6. Like I said, Sabre 7. Just go straight up. Because if you're doing a draft lottery out of the seven teams, there's no reason Detroit should, you know, be falling past four. Detroit, like, when the NFL does it, you know, if, you, if, if you're the worst team in the league, you get the number one pick. Right. I think that's how it should be for every major right.
1: sport. I agree.
0: I mean – that's how baseball does it. The NBA and NHL do this draft lottery and I just I don't I don't like it. And just you know, the number one picks don't always pan out. Right. But you're the worst team. You should have you should have your picking of the group. I mean, the Oilers had how many first round picks in a row? Three or four. And none of them really, you know, panned out in Edmonton at least. And, you know, they finally hit a home run with McDavid, but Detroit deserves the number one pick. I mean, I know you said you agree, but you got any thoughts on, on the draft?
1: Um, I think it's, a, you know, the 2020 prospects are, it's a good, it's a good looking class. I, they there's a lot of talent. I mean, as far as the draft goes, I mean, you know, different teams need different players and so I, it's just, it could go either way. I know. I mean, have you taken a look at any of the, the prospects coming up?
0: Yeah, uh, Frontier is, is a big one. Obviously, you know, a lot of people projecting him to be the number one pick. Right. Um, Jake Sanderson. Uh, I like Quinton Byfield. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of names on there. Uh, Colt uh, Perfietti, Jake Quinn.
1: Yeah, there's you know, there's a lot. Like I said, I mean, te- teams need different players in different spots. So I mean, it's just I agree though. Detroit should get the number one pick, and they should just go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven with those seven. But right, I yeah, the draft lottery. It's it's. I mean, Detroit could end up in that four spot, which would just be Detroit luck, in my opinion, because <laughs> yeah. it's just. But, yeah, like you said, it should be like every other sport. And...
0: Well, no, yeah. I mean, if you finish in last, you, you deserve the number one pick. You were the worst team in the right. league. Now, I know the the draft lottery is kind of just so they can get teams from tanking and then also getting teams from the bottom out quickly, you know, if they feel like if you only need one player, your odds should be higher to get the number one pick. And then, boom, you're right. out. But, you know, I understand why the draft lottery was set in place. I just think you're the worst team. You get the number one pick. You go up from there. And it is what right. it is. Um, I know I didn't uh, tell you that we were going to be talking about this, but I'll just kind of throw it out there. Um, sure. The Leon Drysaddle and Connor McDavid they lead the league in points. Um, Drysaddle's got 110, McDavid's got 97. Um, at the time the, the regular season ended, would Drysaddle be the same player if McDavid wasn't on his
1: line? Um. Well, it's that's a tough situation. I mean, I would say yeah. McDavid is I, I'm McDavid. I'm sure is helping Dryslede a lot. They're they're a good duo. McDavid he's got unreal talent. So I mean, if no matter who you put McDavid with, he's gonna, in my opinion, he's gonna you know generate with them. So, right. but putting him along Dry Dryslede has given talent too. So it's kind of like how they both ended up there is. Great for Edmonton, and I, I do, I do think he would be the same player without McDavid. He's, I, I give him credit. I'm not gonna bash on him. I give him, yeah. Right. I, I think he's the same player.
0: Uh, the last two seasons, so the 2019-20 season that just, you know, that stopped midway. Drysdale, like I said, had 110 points at the end of the 2019 season. He had 105. Prior to that, he had had a season over uh, 77 points. He had 77 points in 2016-2017, um, and that was his highest before the 2018-19 season. Um, other, other top names on the points leaders, uh, David Kosternock, Panarin, McKinnon, uh, Marshan, Kucherov, Kane, Matthews, and Eichel. Uh, Hoover, though, they round out the top 10 there. Um, Oveshkin has 48 goals. He's tied with Kossernak at the top of the league. Um, this leaves Oveshkin short of a 50-goal regular season, um, which is like the first time in, I think, three or four years that he hasn't reached 50 goals. Um, but you can put an asterisk next to this one. Uh, since it didn't end um i don't know just kind of looking at some of the top players in the league uh who do you think wins the colander rookie of the year kind of
1: deal well i i'm i'm glad you asked that because i i'm already set on one person and i i think it, i i say quinn hughes he's he's uh really helped out um Vancouver a lot in the that D spot, so yeah. I, right. I'm, and I'm a I'm a Michigan guy, so.
0: No, yeah, I'm on board with you. I think Quinn Hughes should win the colander. Um, yeah, Carr he, right? He's in contention yeah. for. I. Uh, he's, he's yeah, so he's good. up there too. I like right. him too. I, I think those are the top two guys. I mean, there's a lot of other talent yeah. in the league. Um. But, you know, Quinn Hughes is just a ton of assists. Quinn Hughes is more of a playmaker. I think Kel McCarr can just yeah. finish. Um, But but no doubt, those are two talented teams. That, and both have teams that are rising in the Western Conference. Right. You know, the Canucks, obviously we've seen what the Avalanche did this year, but uh, the Canucks are on
1: on the come up. I agree. They are. I mean, they got... Uh, the trade from uh, LA with, I think it was Foley, I believe it was, and then, mm-hmm. you know, they got the young guy, uh, Pedersen. He's in there too. So, yeah, I like Vancouver a lot. The way they're looking, I like it.
0: Yeah, that that that's a team that, well, you know, when we were growing up a little bit, that was at the top of the Western Conference with Chicago, and then they fell off for a couple of years. The Sabines retire. And, and now they're 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 building back up. They were able to build up without being at the bottom for too long. Although they're not there yet, um, I, they probably wouldn't have made the playoffs if it wasn't a 24 team bracket. But it's a team that's getting closer. It's a team that's building and not not trending down. Right. Anymore. Yeah. And I... Um. Just some other teams. Uh, the rangers had a had an, extre- uh, an extremely good season um you know they were two points out of a playoff spot when the season ended this was a team that i don't think anybody thought they were going to be in playoff contention this year
1: i'm yeah i'm the same way because you know Panarin got in there and he 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 had a a, a good season with uh mikel and uh i don't know who I think Kako was in there too, the 2019 draft. And yeah, Rangers were looking like a good team on the come up too as well. They
0: were a team that I thought it's just a very young team. They're going to miss the playoffs for maybe a year or two, but then they're going to be right back in it. But they were in it this year. um, And it was really surprising to me. Um, The Stars had a really good season. Uh, they were finished in third place in the division um you know like we just mentioned Vancouver another good team out of the west that had a really good season the Arizona coyotes they you know when the season paused for uh four points out of uh, the west wild card um they were plus 8 in goal differential they had a winning record through 70 games i mean that was a that was a surprise team i i agree too
1: and all these all these teams that are solid it this year was the most exciting I was for uh, NHL playoffs just because everyone was so deep in depth and just everyone was looking good and it it, it just it looked like anyone could have win out of the top ten. Right. So
0: yeah. And and the interesting thing about this is we have a twenty fourteen playoffs. All the teams we just mentioned have a chance to win the Stanley right. Cup
1: yeah that is true
0: yeah whether that is a positive thing like that oh yeah well we, we wish it was only you know 16 teams you know get the best of the best but we got 24 we're gonna take it and we're gonna see these talented teams go at yeah um that's all i've got for some nhl talk man you got anything else dad oh no, that was that was good whatever all righty. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the pod, and um, maybe I'll have you back when the when the playoffs do, in fact, to get started, and we'll we'll talk some yeah, great. games. Great. Okay. Yep. No problem. I'll talk nice to you shake. later, buddy. Alright, righty. All right, yeah. righty. So now, kind of jumping into the NBA portion um, of this today of today's show, you know. It, it is, it is nearing that time. We're still about a month away uh, as the NBA draft is going to be on Thursday, June 25th. Um, And, you know, we don't know the draft order yet. We can assume, you know, we can assume that it's going to be Golden State 1, Cleveland 2, Minnesota 3, Atlanta 4, Detroit 5, kind of Go on down the list there, uh, but but I kind of want to talk about how that order should look. Which, in my opinion, that's how it should look. I think, and you know, I kind of just mentioned it with Austin on the NHL portion of the show. Like, if you're the worst team, you should have the number one pick. I think the NBA and the NHL should throw out the draft lottery portion of the sport. Throw it out entirely. Do what the NBA does. Do what Major League Baseball does. If you're the worst, you get the number one pick. If you're the second worst, second pick. So on and so forth. I don't think you should, you know, hey, we we finished. By far, we're the worst team in the league from last season. Give us the fourth pick. What? Like for the Red Wings, I know I'm, I'm onto the Pistons and I'm onto basketball, but for the Red Wings, they're like 15 points. They have 15 less points than the team in front of them, right? And for the Red Wings, they can't drop out of four, but for them to even have the chance to not be in the, in the top two at least, I mean, I think that's a joke. Um, same thing with basketball. If you're the worst team, like Golden State is this season, I mean, do, do, do you really have to say anymore you deserve to get the best player in the draft? No, I'm not saying that that player will be the best player in five years, but you should have the pick you're the pick of the choosing, right? You should be able to decide how quickly your organization gets back to, to stardom. Golden State, you know, if they get Anthony Edwards from Georgia, the shooting guard, they get him with the number one overall pick. Golden State could be could be uh, efficient next year, make a playoff in the West, getting some some health back to that roster. Um, but you know, you're looking at the Pistons type of thing, sitting at four or five, kinda in that area um for the number one pick. Um just looking at a projection right now, uh, Killan Hayes. Point guard from France, 6'5", 195 is kind of a name uh, that has surrounded the Pistons in that, you know, Obi, to- uh, Obi Toppin, uh, the power forward from Dayton, you know, a lot of people re- were really excited to see what he was going to do in March Madness, and obviously we weren't able to uh, get to see that, uh, you know, you got LaMelo Ball in there. You know, uh, you know, I'm not a huge Ball Brothers fan. I don't like any of the Ball Brothers talent. Yeah, they got talent. I think, you know, LeVar Ball, do we want to bring him to Detroit? You know, I mean, did anyone see what he said about Zion the other day? And It's not that he's a complete idiot. Oh, wait, he is. LeVar Ball's a complete idiot. OK, he still thinks he could take MJ one on in, one in both their primes. And he also said that Zion Williamson would have had the, the rookie season he had if Lonzo, his son, wasn't the point guard of that team. Hey, LeVar, you're full of you-know-what. Like, I mean, seriously, If you don't think that Zion was going to do exactly what he did with no matter who was on the court with him, get out. Could he have done more with a better point guard? Yeah, throw him out there with like, you know, uh, throw him out there with OB Toppin, right? Power forward from Dayton. Throw him out there with, um, you know, arguably the best point guard in the draft, which is 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 Killon Hayes or or Tyrese uh, Halberton. You know, throw him out there with those guys. Throw him out there with Cole Anthony from North Carolina. The rival Zion had at Duke. I mean, throw him out there with some more talented point guards. And I think Zion gets, get you get more out of Zion's rookie season. Not saying that Lonzo's a bad player. Lonzo's a solid player. But saying that, you know, Zion wouldn't have had the rookie season he had if Lonzo wasn't the point guard. I mean, just dude, shut up. And do we really kind of want that negative context attitude uh, coming to the Detroit locker room? Detroit. In 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 the Pistons, they're nitty gritty, man. They're nitty gritty guys. You know, we Detroiters, we don't take uh, uh, the uh, the negative energy toward our city, towards our teams, very well. You say some, you know, our teams are going to come punch you in the mouth. That's essentially what Detroit is: the bad boys, the grind line in Detroit for the Red Wings. I mean, these teams are going to hit back. I mean, baseball, there's not a lot of fighting. Football, there's not a lot of fighting. Basketball, there's really no fighting, except, hey, when there is fighting, the Pistons are there. Malice at the Palace, baby. Like, there was. there's really no fighting on in the NBA, but when you look back of when there is fighting, the Pistons are involved. I mean, and then, you know, arguably maybe the biggest fights in hockey are the Red Wings and Avalanche. So, bringing LeVar Ball in, by bringing LaMelo in. It's not something I'm down for. That's also if, you know, LaMelo falls to the Pistons, if the Pistons, you know, don't jump up um in order. You know, I've got them sitting at about 5 that, you know, Kalan Hayes is kind of the big name around them. Um just other names, you know, you got Ngaknu from USC. Um Isaac Okoro, the shooting guard slash small forward from Auburn. Cole Anthony, like I mentioned, uh, you know th- there's a lot of talent on all over the draft board. I mean, it, it, this is an you know, RJ Hampton's on there. You know they got, I've got he's probably somewhere between ten to twenty. I think maybe on the lighter side of that twenty. Josh Green, the shooting guard from Arizona, uh, just another talented uh, freshman year that he had, and and then declared for the draft. You know, you could go go through all of this and just down and up, up and down. You know, uh, the list of guys: Trey Jones, um, another talented guy, Uh, Cassius Winston. You know, you're probably going to see him go in the top sixty picks, in my humbled opinion. Um, maybe MJ's Hornets pick him up at about fifty-six. Um, you know he, he could go there. You know it's it's good, and we can talk. You know draft, we get to talk the NBA. You know I really loved the NFL draft, and I'm gonna I will. You know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk the NBA draft. I think building this Pistons team. Maybe I'll play a little game. How, how, how would I rebuild this Pistons, go through the roster? Well, I'm not going to sign you anymore. You know, just straight up go down the list and, and list off what I would do. That I could do that, play a little game of, hey, how quickly can I turn around this organization? I think they got a solid coach in Dwayne Casey. I, I think, you know, he was able to turn that Raptors team into an NBA you know championship team. Obviously, he wasn't there when they coached it, but I'm sorry, he wasn't there, the coach when they won it, but he was there all along when they were in the playoffs for so many years, and I think the NBA is going back to more of a diverse type of thing where you have more teams that are have the opportunity to win it, and if the Pistons can just get into the playoffs, have the opportunity to win it, I mean, just get to the playoffs. That's first and foremost is, is getting there. You know, I've, you know, if you've been listening to the, the podcast over, you know, the time that I've been doing it, I've always said, trip this team down and rebuild. D-Rose should have been gone. Blake Griffin should not be here. There's there's a, a good amount of players on this roster that shouldn't be here, but they are. So how do you win with them? Or do you trade them for pieces and then win? Like How can we turn this ship around? Red Wings still got a couple years. Tigers definitely have a couple years. And to say the Lions are our best hope is is not something that we Detroit fans like to ride our hopes on. You definitely don't want to ride your hopes on the Detroit Lions. I thought they were going to be pretty good last year. They got worse. They won three games. And don't give me the Stafford bull crap. And I'm not going to get into the Lions today. But overall... I'm not going to ride my hopes on the Lions. So my next best hope is the Pistons turning it around. And and I, I think as much as I say the NBA is going back to more teams being in the playoffs, it's becoming a more diverse league with more solid teams that could make the playoffs and, and compete for the NBA championship. There's no, I mean, there are super teams. You know, no doubt about it. There's some powerhouse teams, but I I think they're becoming beatable. You know, Golden State, once that team kind of split up a little bit there, I think other guys say oh, we don't want to do that. You know, that, that that we don't want the NBA to have that and maybe the salary cap needs to be lowered so teams can't form super teams. Um, I'm not a big super team guy. Maybe why I dislike the Warrior so much, and then a lot of people are like, "Well, you're a LeBron fan." Well, I'm not in L.A. I was when he was in Miami, and I was when he was in Cleveland. Ever since he went to L.A., yeah, no, don't like it too much. Still think he's the goat. Like I said, we're going to get into that, you know, conversation down the road here, multiple shows later. But when we look at the look at the the NBA today. The Pistons. It doesn't take much to get right back into the playoff mix. You know, teams with losing records can sneak in. You don't have to have, you know, sixty wins. You know, 60's a lot, but you know, sixty and twenty-two. You don't have to have that significant record to get into the playoffs. You could be forty and forty-two. You're in. You're probably gonna lose in the first couple rounds, but once you once you are confident that you're gonna get in then you can put together those deadline trades to increase your chances in the playoffs. Right? I mean, we talk about it in baseball all the time. Okay. This, you know, these are the list of teams that are going to be in the playoffs who needs a bullpen piece. Hey, Tigers. Go serve one up. And we, and we talked about it for years when they were in that postseason contention is looking at their roster. Okay, they need some bullpen pieces. Never went and got them. And it faltered, you know, against the Orioles multiple times. Is We don't have a bullpen, and it we're going to lose against the A's too. Well, sometimes we didn't have the bullpen, we lost the game. Didn't necessarily lose the series all the time, but baseball is a, a unique situation of what pieces do you need at the deadline. Pistons, you get into contention. Okay, what more do you need to make sure you're into the playoffs and win in the playoffs? And I think... And, again, it starts with the draft. And, like I said, that draft is going to be on Thursday, June 25th. um. You know, 2019, the Pelicans had the number one overall pick. Boom. Like, Zion. And it, it, it got turned around, right? I mean, the Pelicans not dead. They're, you know, a powerhouse in the league, but that's a team that is trending in the right direction. I think a lot of people go, oh, my God, you got rid of, you know, uh, Anthony Davis, traded him to the uh, uh, Lakers. And then a lot of people go, OK, what are you guys doing? And, you know, you've got to understand the business. Side of it, maybe the team is better without him in there, you know. And you just, you just take into account how better uh the Pelicans looked, and you know they're out of a playoff spot. You know when the season ended, but they weren't a bad team, you know, compared to what they have been doing. They weren't a bad team. Um. You know, you go go back to what I was saying a little bit earlier about you could have a losing record and be in the playoffs. Right now, the Memphis Grizzlies, Ja Morant squad, losing record in the playoffs. And you come up to the Eastern Conference, you've got two teams, the 7th and 8th seed, with a losing record in the playoffs. Now, something else, though, uh, you know, that I do want to mention. this. I've gone off topic here. I'm kind of just rambling now, uh, but which is fine. The Brooklyn Nets sit at the 7th seed right now without Kevin Durant. They're going to add KD next year, and then whoever they draft. If they're a playoff team right now, four games below five hundred, take one of the better players in the game, imagine how good that team's going to be. And if Miami can stay hot, you're going to have five legitimate teams in the East. And again, you come down to the West, you've got about three. We've got about three. You know, how quickly can the Rockets come back? How quickly can uh, the Thunder come back? Thunder, huge surprise. Is Dallas in in the Mavericks, are they going to stay uh, what they are? They can. They got the pieces. Portland, down year, are they going to, you know, uh, Damian Lillard is a, a guy you could see on the move, and I know he he loves uh, Portland and he loves the Trailblazers, but he he's a guy that you know he does want to win a championship. And in, in in Portland, uh, do they say okay, we're gonna keep you, or dude, you're here, but we're not winning with you. We need to tear it down and go get the number one pick. We need we need a game changer to rebuild. With you here, we're not gonna fault in the number one pick. So I could see Portland saying, All right, hey, Damian, where you want to go, we're gonna work out a trade. I could see that happening. Maybe not right away next year. Maybe not, you know, maybe not this offseason, maybe not right away next year, but you get toward that deadline. Trailblazers again, not in playoff contention. Look at a team that needs to add a huge piece to get in or win in the postseason. Like I mentioned earlier, trade deadline moves. Portland conceives the rest of the year and just kind of, you know, focuses on being bad the next season. So, you know, it's a lot of different directions, but, you know, getting into just the draft part, the draft is huge for a lot of teams. Um, You know, I haven't, I haven't made a mock yet, um, but, you know, mentioned Obi Toppin a little bit. Uh, I think he's absolutely going to be sweet in in the league. You know, Anthony Edwards could definitely be a force. Um, you know, and if Anthony Edwards goes number one, I don't. You know, you're looking at looking at about four guys to me who will all go in the top four. Just kind of matter of where is James Wiseman, uh, the center from Memphis, who who was a freshman who kind of couple, I don't know, maybe it was more than a couple weeks into the college basketball season, said, nah, I'm good. I'm going to focus on the NBA draft. And he didn't finish his season at Memphis. Uh, but, you know, no doubt his talent is there. LaMelo Ball, um, Obi Toppin, and Anthony Edwards, those are going to be the top four picks. Just a matter of what team in, in the place they select. You know, like I said, Killian Hayes. He'll be, he'll be looking at probably that five slot, um, you know, a I could see him sliding up a little bit. The, the power forward slash center from USC, Okoro from Auburn, you know, those are two freshmen I could see sliding up in the top 10, but no more than, than, you know, they're not going to slide inside, inside the top five, uh, they're going to be maybe, maybe higher top 10 picks. You know, like six, seven, or seven, eight. You know, right now, uh, what I'm looking at is NBA Draft They've got him at eight and nine. Cole Anthony at eleven. He's a guy that could slide into the top ten. Um, yeah, and like I said, they also, you know, for for Michigan State fans, um, you know, you're looking for your Spartans. They got Cassius Winston going 56th overall to the Charlotte Hornets, joining uh, owner MJ. Lamar Stevens, the Penn State small forward slash power forward, who was a senior. They got him going 57th overall to the Brooklyn Nets. So, yeah, those are just some names out there that maybe you're familiar with and kind of where some ideas are at right now. I haven't come out with a mock yet. I will come out with a mock. Don't worry. I'm coming out with a mock. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just that's just where we're going to be. Um, so yeah, I mean, the Pistons, it, it's a big draft for the Pistons. Um, but it's not, you know, it doesn't feel like, and I've said this for a while. And I said it back in the summer, you know, probably near the trade deadline um, not the trade deadline. Uh, free agency, when that opened up last season, the Pistons need to pick a direction. Are they rebuilding, or are they going for it? And then Blake got hurt, and now it's like, okay, we're not going for it. But hey, let's let, let's just keep winning, right? Like, let's not trade D Rose. Let's not do any of that. Okay, so then we have to go for it, right? So we need to, to, to draft somebody and then get some, we need to trade for some players, bring some talent in here and win. Oh, well, we don't want to ruin our future. Well, okay, here's the thing, Detroit. Look, the Pistons got to pick what they're going to do. Rebuild or go win. And, and you can hit a home run in this draft and still decide to rebuild, still trade Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin. You can still do that. Suck next year. Get another high pick. And next thing you know, now you're putting pieces together. Click, 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 click. Now you're a top seven team in the East. Top sixteen. Five, four. Not saying it's easy. Not saying it's gonna. you can do it overnight. But the Pistons, like I said, with this draft, I mean, yeah, cool. Woo. Top pick. Yeah, you're happy about it. But it doesn't feel like it means much. Like, okay, yeah, we're going to get this guy. Woo! What's it mean? Like, is he Is he going to be a part of our championship squad? Or is he going to be a rebuild mental, like, physical piece? Or is he just an addition? Is he the core or is he the addition? We don't know because we don't know the direction of this team. When we come back here on the Jacob Cox Show, we're going to talk... UFC, they had three fights in eight days. We're going to talk about them because they were amazing. This is the Jacob Cack Show. Alrighty, welcome back in and uh, totally uh, went off course there with my NBA talk. Kind of just rambled on. I don't think I hit the head on. I don't think I hit the nail on the head with that one, but it is what it is. So the UFC, they held a fight on Saturday, which was their third fight in eight days. Um, You know, after several weeks of the changes and cancellations, um, they were back up and running. They had uh, found a home for the next couple couple fights, Um, Jacksonville, Florida, which was where they were um, on Saturday. Um, And and they had all three of the fights there. They were good. I mean, hands down. Hands down, there were some good fights. Um, You know, Overeem versus Harris was the uh, fight, the main event last, um, on Saturday. It, and it was it was good. I mean, hands down, uh, that fight card, that fight card was a good one. Uh, we had we had one knockout. Obviously, Harris and Overeem was a TKO. Overeem with the win, but it was it was good. It was it was entertainment. It was a live sporting event, which is kind of what we all wanted to see, right? I mean. Nothing better than that. I mean, nothing better than that. Um, You know, the prelim started at six, and the the main card started at nine. Um, You know, Dan Ige and Edson Barboza. That was that was intense, intense fight. Um, Claudia Godalia, and Angelina Hill. Um, I'm sorry, Angela Hill. That one was a good one. So, you know, they had a stretch there with where the refs were mm, a bit shaky, to say the least. I guess more than a bit shaky because there were a couple split decisions, and they you know, to us fans, to us fans at least, feels like they got them wrong, right? It it feels like well, you didn't get the right call, and I mean it's got to be tough. But when you're watching, when you're trying to assess what just happened, you know you're you're looking at it and you're going, "Well, I don't know about that one." You see that? No, well, ref might have made the wrong call there. They picked the wrong winner, and then when you're looking at the rankings. Um, you know, looking at the heavyweight, trying to figure it out here. Okay, athlete rankings. Yep, I was on the wrong thing. Yep. Looking at the featherweight, Max Holloway. Um, you know, trying to find some of the names I saw on Saturday. Uh, The Saturday was a great one. Um I thought there were a lot of good fights from top to bottom on the fight card. There were some very very good fights. Um Song Yadong, uh he he's a total beast. He was in the uh the, the bantamweight uh bantamweight. Um he 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 had a good he had a good showing on Saturday. For those of you who don't know Conor McGregor, right? he's ninth in uh the men's pound for pound top rank. Um but he's also fourth in the lightweight. So you know those are some of the names that I saw. You know Edson Barboza. He he's 11th now in the lightweight. Um as he went up against Dan Ige. uh for those of you Nate Diaz um, just finding some names you guys would know. Nate Diaz is is a uh, welterweight. So those are just some of the big names. And they're kinda their weight of what they you know, Walt Harris and El, uh Elster Overeem, which was the main event, um was obviously the heavyweight and, and that one was that one was good and it it boosted over uh, overeem's, you know, he, he's now 59 13 and 1. Um this guy the guy just knows how to how to fight. He he early on in the fight, he was he, he I thought Harris and everybody knew Harris was going to come out swinging, right? Everybody knows the story. I'm not going to talk about the story, but everyone knows, you know, the the Walt Harris story and he came out he he, he came out firing. I mean, Overeem was the first to bleed. And I always feel like, hey, you, you let that guy bleed first, right? You make sure he bleeds first. And that's what happened. Walt Harris was able to do that. But as the fight went on, you know, late in that first round, you could see, okay, Overeem, yep, he he recovered. You know, I thought it might have been Harris early. Like Harris, he came out, he had Overeem on the ground. I thought, oh, it's over. Like, that was fast. But then Overeem snuck out of it. And now Overeem has has some confidence. Not that he needs it. I mean, the guy is just, he's confident as it is. Uh, you know, but he, he picks up that confidence. He owns that last minute of the first round. And in the second round, didn't take long. Kick to the face, on the ground. And then Harris was laying flat on his stomach. And Overeem had, you know, free reign. Ref called it after, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh my God, he took too long to call it." Well, did he? Overeem wasn't trying to kill him. Like Overeem was just lightly, not lightly, but yeah, I'm not killing you, but I'm punching you in the back of the head. Take take that for what it's worth. Um, but but UFC is kind of a new a new sport to get into. Um, you know, I I like it. It was entertaining to watch. I didn't watch all the prelims, but I I did watch all the main card. And the main card was was pretty good. I I really liked it. It was entertaining. Um and it's something that I definitely definitely will uh tune into again on the next fight. Um But you know, I it sucked. It sucks that you gotta wait all all night for you know the fight you really want to see but you know hey that that's how how you make money and everything like that um the big the big next event um that we that that is coming up is um where is it it's uh Saturday June 6th Thought I, I just had it. I, I just had, I was just looking at it. Now I can't forget. I'm pretty sure it's Amanda Nunez. Pretty sure she's fighting. Yeah. Oh, Amanda Nunes and Felicia Spencer. That's going to be on Saturday, June 6th. Um, place your bets now. Um, because that one's going to be a good one. That one's going to be a good one. And I, I mean, obviously that flight card, that's going to be pretty good. Um, with that main event, I assume that fight card. You know they're they're already advertising uh, that fight, but um, the fight card on on Saturday in the UFC was was pretty good. You know, you know, um, Eric Andres, Anders and uh, Joko Christoph Joko. That one was a good one. Split decision. Song Yadong and Marlon Vera, another another good one. Um, Song Yadong was favored. Yoko was favored. He, uh, Dan Ige and Barboza, like I said, Ige was the underdog. I had him all the way. I thought that one, although people, you know, they complain about the split decision. Barboza maybe should have won that one. Cool. I had Ige in that one, so thanks to me. I didn't pick uh, Gedalia and Hill. Um, And then I had Walt Harris tonight. Um, But even though Walt Harris was favored, Overeem, the underdog won. When I was thinking about that one, and I was thinking about it's too easy to pick Walt Harris here, right? It's too easy. Everyone knows what happened. It's too easy to say, hey, his daughter just got killed. He's going to kill Overeem. Not that Overeem killed his daughter, but he's coming out furious. And he did come out furious. But, but, it felt like too easy of a of, of a of a pick. I stuck with Harris and at the end of the day I stuck with Harris and said yeah Harris is going to beat Overeem but I was feeling like yeah this eh, this might be too easy here. This might be too easy. And then eh, it was a good fight. A lot of blood. Overeem did win though. So I, I should have changed my pick. But too late now, right? Too late now. Um Yeah. Too late now. But, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. We'll be right back. This is the Jacob Cox Show. All righty. Um, welcome back. Just kind of rounding out today's show um, Wolf, Fowler, McElroy, Dustin Johnson, a little charity game uh that they played raised some money for the nurses and CDC it was it was great to watch live golf again i mean and also to point out these guys in shorts right they're not in pants they're in shorts these guys can be professionals and look professional and have a good day of golf in shorts they don't need to be in pants i'm not going to make a big deal to the PGA to the world of golf about that shorts are comfortable More comfortable than dark pants on a sunny day, It's 80 degrees, but hey, not going to make a big deal about that, but it was really good uh, just to watch live golf again and just see how good, you know, McElroy, Fowler, Johnson, and Wolf are. It 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 was a great day to watch and mesmerizing, you know, because you wish, hey, I wish I could golf like that. Hands down, I wish I could golf like that. It it was amazing, but hey, I can't. um, You know, Trump was on to talk to him. Uh, Talked to Mike Tirico a little bit. Mike Tirico was on the broadcast that I was watching. At least Um, they did a great job of covering it. Social distancing and everything raised a lot of money. It was was good, you know, because a lot of people they get to watch live golf, which is what they want. And meanwhile. Raise a ton of money uh, for some great causes, you know. Like I said, nurses, frontline workers, and then the CDC. Um, so yeah, it was it was a great day for all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know what else to say. I mean, NASCAR, another live event that happened yesterday. Um, you know, it was a good race, saw some good races. You know, they were doing the iRacing, but it was real racing yesterday, no more iRacing. So, it's a good sign that sports the sports are coming back, right? Sports are indeed coming back. Everyone's getting into that flow now. We're get, it's it's coming, not there yet. You know, golf, their first couple um uh, first couple tournaments without fans, I think about 4. Are without fans, UFC, you don't know when they're, they're going to allow fans, same thing with NASCAR, Uh, but sports are coming back, we're going to be able to bet, we're going to be able to watch, have a lot of fun watching, blow up Twitter talking about it, post videos, go, you know, you'll go into work and talk about, hey, you see that game last night, you know, instead of, what'd you do last, what show you watch? what movie you watched last night, like, I mean, we're just going to have something to talk about, other than things we really don't care about. But nevertheless, I hope you enjoyed today's show because that's a wrap. That is a wrap on the Jacob Cox show uh, for Monday, May 18th. Like I said, we had, it was a great show. I, I tell you at the beginning every time, it's a great show. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I love doing this. I love getting on here, talking to you guys. We talked some NHL for you hockey fans. I hope you I hope you hockey fans were able to tune in and listen in. 24 team NHL playoff format. Who wins the Stanley Cup? We kind of talked about some teams that could have, that could win, and then how the NHL draft will look. And then Austin left us, but I still finished the show, talked about the NBA draft, the number one pick, um, and kind of how the order is going to look. And then the Pistons. Jumped into the Pistons talk a little bit about who they're going to draft, some names around their pick, and then how the heck are they going to rebuild this team. Um, And then I jumped into the UFC. They had three cards in less than two weeks. How did Overeem and Harris look? I talked a little bit about those fight cards, the prelims to the main card. Uh, But nevertheless, it was a great show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please like and share this as much as possible. And get it it out to the people you know. Um, That's my wish, is that I expand this. Um, Last Monday's show, we had a lot of listeners. I had a lot of listeners on Monday's show. Not as many on Friday, which is okay. I know people, they get to their weekend, they got got other things to do. But like I said, please share, listen, get this out there as much as possible, because I greatly appreciate that. Um, And I'll see you everybody Friday. See everybody Friday. Thank you for joining. Have a great and healthy week. Stay safe. And I'll see everybody Friday. This is the Jacob Cox Show. I'm Jacob Cox signing off.